millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There is nothing I love more than an amazing meal with high-quality meat cooked at home because... Let's be honest, eating out is so expensive. And you also know that eating out is the number one budget buster. That is why I am so glad I found ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service dedicated to delivering high-quality, grass-fed and grass-finished beef, organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood directly to your doorstep with free shipping always. You even get exclusive member deals, recipes, and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing price. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code ETM and get $20 off your first box at ButcherBox.com. Last night, we made a beef stew with meat from ButcherBox, and you can taste the difference. It was so satisfying and delicious. And all of our friends that were over for a dinner party, they raved at how good it was. So do yourself a favor and eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering my listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm and use code etm to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking about the next generation of startups. Listen, guys, I hope that you are ready for today's episode. I have an awesome guest with me today. His name is Chris Schultz. And he's an entrepreneur, an angel investor, CEO of a company called Launchpad, and just an all-around awesome guy, if I can say so. I had the privilege of meeting Chris at New Orleans Entrepreneur Week earlier this year and was just so excited to hear his stories, hear his background, and I know that he had so much good information. I couldn't wait to interview him for the podcast. So Today we're talking about all sorts of stuff. Are startups dying? You know, what can you do if you're a young millennial and you're going out after your first startup? What the heck is this thing called angel investing? How do you get it, right? I would love an angel to drop money on my doorstep, wouldn't we all? Um, and then just his wisdom of, you know, how can you really stand out in the crowd as a millennial? And I think this is awesome advice, not just if you're an entrepreneur, right? This doesn't just work if you're if you have a startup or you want to launch a business. This really is so relevant to all of us, um, no matter if we're in the career workforce or we're starting our own business or we're just starting out or maybe we're fumbling through our career trying to figure out what the heck are we supposed to do. It's such awesome advice. So I really hope that you uh, keep listening and that you check out Chris, check out the show notes. I'm going to have all the links to Chris to check out all the things that he is up to. And I'm so excited. I hope you love this podcast. (music) 
Chris, thank you so much for joining us today on Millennial Money. It, I, we are so excited to have you as a speaker. So great to be here with you, Sean. I'm uh, excited to, to share things with your audience today. Awesome. Well, I know you have kind of this, this amazing background um, as an entrepreneur yourself, angel investor, all sorts of different things. And I was wondering if you could just take a couple minutes and give the listeners just kind of an overview of your entrepreneurial journey and kind of what you're up to now. Sure, you bet. Um, I started my first company when I was 27 years old, uh, and I had uh, sort of taken the leap because I found myself working on businesses and business ideas and sort of scheming and dreaming at night and after work while I was working a corporate job, uh, and finally decided to take the leap, and uh, I've never looked back. Um, my first company, I followed the ideals of do what you love, and at the time, I was uh, in my uh, mid-20s and loved uh, going to Vegas. I was living in L.A. at the time and going to Vegas, and we started a destination management company focused on travel packages for Vegas um, and sold that company, moved to New Orleans, and uh, have uh, gotten very involved in the entrepreneurial community in New Orleans, um, started a co-working space, uh, realized that I could help entrepreneurs uh, even more by uh, giving them a little cash when they need it, uh, and so started angel investing along the along the way, and uh, you know have have enjoyed the ride. Awesome. So you talk about angel investing, and I I know that's a term that you know a lot of people kind of hear thrown around, and um, I get a lot of questions from my listeners about okay, exactly what is angel investing, and and how do I find out more about that? So could you talk a little bit about like maybe what the process is? Um, you know, uh, for maybe for a startup that is looking for angel investing? Sure. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, it's actually uh, really in flux right now because we're uh, on the verge. And actually, I, I think it just happened last week of the Jobs Act where um, anybody can become an angel investor uh, or, or uh, become an investor in, in companies through crowdfunding. Um, so who knows, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, we'll start to define ourselves all as angel investors, uh, in the, in the future. But, um, I, I think, you know, for the purpose of, of, uh, of this podcast, I think the idea around angel investing is really, um, the first money that is invested into your company, uh, usually outside money. So meaning people you don't know, uh, often the first money comes from friends and family, uh, sometimes called friends, family, and fools, uh, <laughs> but people that you have a relationship with, and that might be you know your uncle writing you a check to to, to get a business started. So the angel investors would be the next round of funding, and, and you would go to um, look for angel investors. Um, usually, somebody that you have sort of a second you know second tier relationship or to somebody in your community um, where you live, and um, and they might be an experienced entrepreneur, often somebody who's had a little experience and been around. And most angel investors are doing it as a way to give back and to sort of pay it forward to the next generation of entrepreneurs. That's certainly why I'm doing it. Um, so there's a number of resources. Um, angel List. There's a, there's a website called Angel List, which is just angel.co. Um, that is sort of a platform for connecting with angel, uh, angel investors um, and really, you know, Google is full of resources. I, I refer people to Google. I refer people to Quora. Uh, and, and there's a lot to learn and a lot of complexities. Um, but uh, the Internet's a great place to get started learning about angel investing. 
So if, if somebody was interested and they found, you know, an angel investor, or let's say they even wanted to, you know, contact you or whoever it may be, um, what would the process be? I mean, is it, is it something where they're sending an email and there's like a, like a little mini pitch in there? Or is it a little bit more formalized process? Yeah, you know, the process is getting less and less formal. You know, back in back in the day when I was starting my first company, um, you know, people required business plans and you'd sit down and you'd write a 40-page business plan and, and people don't really do that anymore. Uh, you'll end up with a pitch deck, um, you know, 10 or 10 or 12 slide pitch deck. Um, but the process in terms of getting started is just that. It's really an email and actually personal contact uh, is, is great too. So you want to get in touch with somebody. Again, usually um, your best bet is going to be somebody that um, is in your city or is in your market where you live and that you can build a personal relationship with. Um, one of the old adages about angel investors is that they tend to invest emotionally. Um, and by emotionally, that means that they've got a relationship with an entrepreneur and want to help that entrepreneur. So the more you can do to build a relationship, the better. Uh, and that means showing up at meetup groups, uh, kind of going to where they hang out. So go work at a co-working space, uh, go to the startup conference, uh, the meetup group, the things in your city that are going on, uh, and and get to know get to know people who are angel investors or who are potential angel investors. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome advice. And I know that you... Uh, work a lot with young entrepreneurs. Um, a lot of the things that you do are, are focused on kind of helping young entrepreneurs. How can you, in your opinion, you know, as a millennial, as someone young, maybe their first kind of startup idea, how can they really stand out and, and make themselves, you know, different in this crowd of maybe some more seasoned entrepreneurs? Yeah, well, I, I think I think there's uh, there's a couple of answers to that question. Um, in some cases, people like to see experience, and and that may make it more difficult for a millennial. Um, but I think that's almost an old school way of thinking. I think actually, um, you know, not knowing what you don't know uh, is a is, it puts you in a position of of being willing to take risk and uh, and also seeing markets in new ways and trying new things. Uh, and that's a very creative spirit that I think serves uh, serves entrepreneurs well. So um, I, I, I would say that um, the standing out is a very important piece of it. Um, you know, people like me and angel investors get you know probably five to ten unsolicited emails a day, and frankly, don't have time to read them all, and you know they sort of you know sort of gloss over them. So don't be don't be deterred if you don't get a response. Um, you know, people get overwhelmed by email nowadays, and find other ways to build a relationship. I actually I love interacting with people on Twitter. Um, it's not very. It's much harder to get a response on email from me than it is to get an at reply to a tweet. Uh, so if I notice that you start following me and start talking to me about stuff I'm posting and building a relationship, um, you know that's a great way for us to get get to know each other. And uh, and a lot of angel investors are doing that as well. Um, as well as again the the, the personal introduction. Um, I'm I get overwhelmed and kind of swamped by email, and I think a lot of times um, entrepreneurs because. Uh, particularly early entrepreneurs have, uh, you know, all are, all are sort of fighting this thing we call imposter syndrome. You're an entrepreneur, but you, but you need to, you know, you, you have trouble sort of putting yourself out there in terms of the business that you're trying to get off the ground. Um, but going out and pitching in public, 
uh, being public about it, meeting people, sharing your idea in person uh, is a great way to get people engaged um, versus sort of the sitting behind your computer screen and, and, and sending a bunch of emails off. Yeah, that's, that is such great advice. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Financial anxiety, anyone? Yeah, you're not alone. But worrying about it, it doesn't help. Earnin does. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 per day as you work and leave an additional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So, how would you spend the money you get from Earnin? Well, Honestly, my hubby and I have been feeling a little bit disconnected lately. That's what happens after you've been together about 12 years. So I would spend the money on a special date night with dinner and maybe bowling, you know, to bring back some of that giggly excitement that we both felt at the beginning. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security, gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin, T-A-L-K-A-N, money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin money under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Um, I, I would love to get your thoughts on this. I was watching CNN on Sunday. I kind of uh, turn it on when I you know, open my eyes in the morning to see what's going on. And they had this, this program on and they were talking about kind of the, the fall of, of startups. And um, I went and kind of researched the article and, and um, the show host was saying that uh, Silicon Valley you know, has more than 23,000 startups, according to the last um, angel list. But you know, there's been a, definitely a slowing down in the United States for the last three decades of um, entrepreneurs. And then he talked about you know, young people. And I took this quote um, exactly from his show. He said, young people today dress like Silicon Valley entrepreneurs. They consume technology and talk about disruptive innovation. Um, but they want to work at Goldman Sachs, McKinsey, and Google. They're earnest, intelligent, accomplished, and risk-adverse. And so I'd love to get your, your thoughts. I mean, that's definitely a trend that I've noticed with millennials is, you know, because of what happened in 2008 and just kind of the status of the world today, um, they're definitely more conservative um, and, and less and less are really making it to the stage of what I would call, you know, a successful business. There's a lot of 
millennials with, you know, ideas and they, they never really kind of come to fruition. What are you seeing out there as far as startups and, and the, you know, the level of, of being able to, you know, really get some of these startups up and running? Yeah, that's a great uh, question, and I've I've seen similar data, and I think I think there's a there's a few things kind of tied up in that. Um, for one, entrepreneurship as entrepreneurship has gotten sexier, and uh, and it certainly has, like you said, Silicon Valley, the TV show, and um, you know the availability of startup news. You know, everybody reads TechCrunch and that type of thing. Um, it's it's become kind of a a little bit of a pulp pulp sorry, pop culture phenomenon in this country. Um, and one of the things that I would, I would say is that um, not every, starting a business does that not mean having to start a startup. And it doesn't have to mean raising venture capital. I think a lot of the pullback uh, that that CNN um, piece was refer- referring to is actually small business and just entrepreneur, entrepreneurship in general in this country. Um, and you know, I think, I think through this last cycle, kind of small business has gotten a little bit of a bad name. And if people, if your business idea isn't scalable and if you're not a unicorn, um, you know, people aren't interested in it. And, you know, the sort of the venture capital and going that route is, you know, just a very small percentage, you know, less than 5% of businesses ever, ever really go that route. And, uh, and there's a lot of other ways to start companies, um, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a store or a retail outlet, whether it's a services business. And I think I would encourage um, your listeners to, to consider that um, as well. Uh, there, there are other paths um, that are great routes uh, for starting a business. And one of the most important things, one of the, one of the, the greatest things about entrepreneurship is controlling your own destiny. And sure, there are risks out there, but there are risks in everything. I mean, there are risks in going to Goldman Sachs, going to Google. Um, you know, Google obviously has been has been doing fine, but most companies, um, you know, the the frequency of turnover and change in in people's career paths uh, is increasing across the board. Um, so that sense of agency with being an entrepreneur and controlling your own destiny um, is something that, you know, you can't get anywhere else. And, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, for the last 20 years, I've kind of just been waking up every morning and doing whatever I wanted. Uh, <laughs> and, and that is quite nice. <laughs> I know there's no better feeling than that. And now that doesn't mean, I mean, I guess I would say if I wanted to just sit on the beach and not work uh, and drink beer all day, then I haven't been doing exactly that. I've been working hard, but I've been working on stuff that interests me and working on stuff that I'm passionate about. Um, and that, that to me is, is what being an entrepreneur is all about. Yeah. And I, I think that's awesome because, you know, so many people think that they, um, they just get a job at, you know, one of these big companies and they're safe. You know, they're always going to get a paycheck. The money's always going to come rolling in. And I try and tell people that even if you work, for a company, you know, have that entrepreneurial mindset um, because you just don't know these days. I mean, you know, companies are getting bought up and axed and, you know, all sorts of interesting things happen. So the level of security is not necessarily there one way or another. That's right. Yeah, I, um, I, it was interesting. I had an experience recently in um, our Launchpad location in Charleston, South Carolina, and one of our members, uh, a gentleman, came up to me, and um, and he's a you know he's not a millennial. He's probably fifty five years old or so, and he'd been out of the workforce for a little while. 
And he said to me, you know what I realized? I didn't think Launchpad was for me. I thought Launchpad was for, you know, kids and millennials and startupers. Um, but I realized that everybody in this country now has to reinvent themselves, you know, every three years. And, and we all have to be entrepreneurs. And I actually think from my standpoint, um, the millennials, the millennial generation actually has a, a great opportunity to sort of understand all of this and incorporate it into their thinking and their career path. Um, it's, it's scary for everybody. It's scary across the board, but, you know, baby boomers who are being impacted by all of this, um, it's really scary if you've been in a career where you've been working somewhere for, you know, 30 years and all of a sudden your job goes away, then you're, you're, you're much less prepared for it. So, um, it is challenging and we, you know, it's just sort of the, the increase in speed of, of sort of the life that we all live in now. Uh, but I also think it presents a lot of opportunity and, and it is important to be willing to take charge of your own career and, uh, and also take risk. Yeah. Risk is definitely key. And, I know you've been um, a huge advocate of, of other areas of, of the U.S. for entrepreneurs that is not just in Silicon Valley. It's not just in New York anymore. anymore. Um, maybe if you could just talk for a few minutes about some of those other New Orleans, some of those other areas where, where Launchpad is growing and where you're really seeing, um, you know, kind of an uptick in entrepreneurship. Sure. Yeah, I, I believe we're seeing an uptick in entrepreneurship across this country. And um, again, where startups traditionally have sort of been, you know, come out of Silicon Valley and, you know, we know the TV show and we know the history of the Googles and the Facebooks. Um, the reality is you can build a business anywhere uh, in, in this day and age. And we all are connected to the internet. Uh, we all have access to all of the information at our fingertips. Uh, and smart people, um, you know, live an anywhere. And one of the things that we're seeing is um, the growth in what I call rising markets. Uh, and you mentioned New Orleans, Charleston, South Carolina. And one of the ways I use, I identify these markets is I always ask people, you know, where, where would you like to go for a weekend? What would be a cool city to, to go hang out? What have you sort of heard about? And, you know, people will say places like Nashville, uh, which is where we're opening up next, or maybe I'd be interested to check out Detroit, or I hear, I hear Minneapolis has a really interesting sort of cultural and art scene. And these are where people are moving, um, millennials um, in particular, and there's obviously a cost of living aspect to it. Uh, but there's also sort of these interesting, very cultural um, uh, core assets that a lot of these cities have. And, um, and so we're working to open launch pads there. And I think we'll see a dis distribution of um, startups uh, and small businesses um, in, in great cities like this across the country and across the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's great. I started my first business actually when I was 19 in college. And, uh, you know, I wish that that was just kind of, you know, I'm going to date myself, but that was just kind of, you know, when internet was really getting going. Uh, but there just wasn't access to the information and the resources and the connections that there is now. And I think that's what, I mean, if you're in your 20s and you're, you know, trying to get a startup or you're an entrepreneur, I mean, I just feel like there's no better time than, you know, now. I mean, just with the mass amount of resources that you have available to you, it's crazy to me. 
That's right. I mean, everything is right at your fingertips. Um, in, in addition to the ability to communicate with everyone, and I think that would be one one thing I would add to that is I do think um, you know communication and connections are really important with people. Um, so it's not just about even if you're in a market like New Orleans um, or, or or Charleston or Nashville, uh, you need to build your own network and you need to build relationships, and that's the one advantage. Uh, that hub markets like San Francisco have is that um, you know you can walk across town and bump into bump into three or four venture capitalists or you know have coffee meetings very easily. Whereas if you're not in these markets, you have to be a little more deliberate about it. Uh, but there are ways, you know, social media and Twitter and Facebook and heck even Snapchat. You know, Mark Suster, you know, a great venture capitalist, is spending all his time on Snapchat right now, which I think is fantastic. And if you're sort of an early adopter on there, you have a, have a great way, direct access to build a relationship with them. Very cool. All right. So one last question. Just This is a, a personal one. So if you could create any business today, like just any, if you had any kind of wacky ideas or anything, what would it look like? That's a great, that's a great question. Um, so my, my current passion and interest, uh, and it's, it's not a business yet, but we'll see where it goes, is around taking the work that we've done with Launchpad um, in markets in the U.S. and starting to do some of that work uh, internationally. So um, I actually was born in uh, Nigeria, in Zaria, Nigeria, and I'm going over to Nigeria in June uh, to kind of get to know the startup scene in Nigeria. So um, if I could do anything uh, right now, I would uh, take this connectivity and, and the network that we've built uh, to help connect entrepreneurs to opportunity and uh, apply it in other emerging markets all over the world. Um, and I hope to be able to do that someday. Awesome. Well, that is going to be so exciting to watch. Um, I'm a huge Africa fan, so <laughs> um, that's, that's super cool. I think there's, there's tons of interesting things going on over there, so I'm sure everybody will stay tuned for sure. Well, Chris, this has been awesome. You've given so much good advice um, and so many tips, and hopefully um, anybody listening can you know, hit you up on Twitter or connect with you somehow and uh, maybe pick your brain a little bit further. But I really appreciate your time and your insight. Sure. I appreciate you having me on. I'll um, throw out my Twitter handle quickly, at uh, C. Schultz uh, is my Twitter handle. And if anybody wants to email me, you can send me an email at chris at lp.co. Uh, and I'd love to hear from you and uh, see how I can be helpful. Shauna, thank you so much for having me on. I very much appreciate it.